listening to Hope Alive, streaming live from Hope Restoration Ministries, Kempton Park, South Africa. Because and that's why we've got Monati Biz every Monday trying to help you secure the bag. On Facebook, we are Hope Alive Radio Station. On Twitter, at Hope Alive underscore radio. Instagram, Hope Alive Radio with our hashtag Midday Hangouts. But if you want to send us a voice note or a text message and be part of this conversation that we are having, speaking about the role that education should or can play in a life of an entrepreneur. If you are a small business owner or you are a serial entrepreneur and you you want to share your story with education or how has education, formal or informal, impacted your journey, 067-153-1089 is the number to dial. 10 minutes past the hour, the song we just gave you, well, we gave you a double play, kickstarting with uh, Chanza the DJ, featuring Vusinova, but I surrender. And we closed it off with my brother, very risque, uh, but a beautiful song. Nonetheless, uh, this is Ying and Yang by Mali Music. He's one of those uh, artists. I mean, he gives me the likes of Prince energy you know very fashion forward very daring very you know true to his image and his artistic vibes when it comes to his lyrical content but loving uh, god nonetheless and i love that about him good afternoon and happy monday afternoon sir i hope you're good Ah, fantastic. I am fantastic. It is a new week and we are wrapping up, you know, the month of uh, August, the ladies month, entering the month of September and the heat is already in alignment because it's telling us that the seasons are slowly changing and it's real. Yeah, no, it's it's there. And it's always exciting when the season changes because, you know, uh, we're moving from the cold and now we can do more things and there's more time in the day. So I'm excited about it. Mm. I just want to pick your brain before we get into today's conversation. What are your views on Christians that are in alcohol business? Because I know that this season calls for a lot of um, outings, picnics, concerts, bashes. And it's always it's generally the biggest season to where people want to consume a lot. So what would you what would be your views? I mean, on that and Christians who say and I mean, I'll take my ten percent to the house of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a very very good question there. And I think um it's basically for me like what Paul says, um, that you know there's certain, let's say there's certain things that I believe I'm able to do. Um, for example, I believe that I'm able to eat meat, whereas another brother who's near me only believes in eating vegetables. And, you know, maybe they're not as grown up as I am. Um, but acting in love would be not eating in front of them in order to save their consciences. So what's dangerous about this business is that you might be there knowing that, okay, you're not promoting drunkenness, you're not wanting people to act the way they do after they've consumed their alcohol. But at the same time, you know, you might be putting people who are watching you as a leader in church or something like that who, who don't really understand. So I feel like it is a personal decision, but one that needs to be made, um, taking other people into consideration as well. I really like that. But somebody else might be giving a counter argument and say, how do I take other people in consideration when I want to, I'm wanting to liberate myself financially when I don't have to take them in consideration when I'm going through the struggles of finances? Yeah, yeah. no, I mean, that's the, the difficult thing about being in our kingdom. It's a kingdom of, of 
love and considering others. Paul says we must always consider others over ourselves. But again, it's a personal decision because I don't believe the act in itself is wrong. Mm. Um, as, as long as you know your intentions are to make money and to provide this alcohol and you don't provide a setting that becomes destructive or that leads to drunkenness, then, I mean, your hands can be clean. But, you know, it's always one of those, you're taking a personal decision, but you know, maybe you got to think about other things as well. Mm. I agree with you. I agree with you. I think that there are, there's always a lot to take into account. I, for one, don't advocate for alcohol, but I, th- I do think that um, it is a lucrative business and that it's a business that you can't control people because you can only say, I, I, I don't promote people to, to get drunk. I just sell their beverages and they make their choice for themselves. But I think it's a tricky one. But hey, it's a conversation maybe to explore deeper in another day because it is a business and we are in a space of making money, whether we're Christian or not. And that money can advance the kingdom, but at what expense is the conversation. Let's get mm-hmm. into today's conversation, though, um, getting to speak about the role of education in the um, four entrepreneurs. And I really want to throw forward this conversation. I mean, is is inspired by the fact that... Um, as I was telling you earlier that, you know, growing up in the hood, you realize that there's so many people that are playing sports. You know, they are very talented. They are sports players. And the main sports in every black township is soccer, which means you've got a massive clientele in that space because everybody needs a soccer ball, needs soccer boots, needs soccer whatever, you know, cones for practice and all of that. But you realize that we as black people are just consumers in that space. We are not taking advantage of that particular field. Mm. We're not making cones. We're not making um, skipping ropes. We're not. We're just consuming. We're not having soccer boots. We're not having soccer balls. We're not even having the simple thing. Our mothers can make clothes. They are tailor makers, but we're not even making amaches weapon. So it really got me to want to have this conversation twofold. One, speaking about the educational aspect and that an entrepreneur needs because there's also this misconception that because I work for myself, I don't need to get educated because I'm self-employed. And then I want us to unpack the ability. What do can we do to shape our minds to take advantage of the opportunities that are right in our face on a daily basis? Mm. I agree with what you said. You know, it is a misconception that because you're an entrepreneur, you don't need to you know, have education. Um, some people believe that education is an essential part of entrepreneurship. You know, they quote Steve Jobs and them who, you know, dropped out of school. But the fact that they dropped out of formal school does not mean that they stopped educa- uh, going into education. Some of them will tell you that they consume about 300 books in a year uh, at a minimum. So education continues. So it's a complete misperception. Education is needed because Dr. Kende once said, he said, you know, being an entrepreneur is not the same. It's not just, you know, let's say you're working in a, uh, a, a garage where you're fixing cars and now you're starting your business. It's not that you're just going to transfer those skills. Being an entrepreneur is bring new skills and you're only going to acquire new skills through education because education is, you know, the process of you getting to know something you didn't know before or something that you didn't know how to do before. So education is so, so to entrepreneurship. In fact, it should be one of the things at the top of our list. Now, the problem, as you were speaking earlier about us being consumers, 
And to be quite honest, education system, the formal education system as it was, especially back then, or back then when everyone who's a consumer right now was at school, it was really designed to create consumers and not to create people who supply. And that's the problem. We've been taught that we, we are going to consume. That's one of the reasons why you know, people don't identify those opportunities, which is fantastic when you're speaking about, you know, those soccer balls and soccer uniforms. But because we were not taught to think that way, those opportunities, you know, they go over our heads. But that's why then the role of education becomes so important because it can teach you to start identifying those opportunities. Let's get into that. I mean, you are saying that education is the process of learning or acquiring knowledge. So that already, by that definition, tells us that education is not always formal and is not always within the classroom. So let's look at what are some of the critical things that an entrepreneur needs to take into account, whether they see themselves as an entrepreneur or just a small business person. Because sometimes, entrepreneur, I mean, in a tech shop, you know, they don't define for themselves that as being entrepreneur. They just say, hey, I inherited the tech shop from my parents. I'm just continuing a family business. Of course, we do know that that has that leg of entrepreneurial uh, ship that is then, it falls under the definition. But what roles will those people or should people, whether it, they, they see themselves as an entrepreneur or not, but they are in business. What would be the fundamental streams of education would say it would work for their benefit should they follow? Maybe even... All right, yeah, no. Uh, uh, yeah? Oh, no, continue, please. No, I was saying maybe let's start even from high school and into tertiary. Okay. So, I mean, when you look at high school, um, as I was saying before, I mean, it's only now... When you do some research, you'll realize that schools are actually now starting to incorporate entrepreneurship-focused courses into school and, you know, also teachings into the curriculum. But back then, that was not really the focus. Um, and, and that's something that really needs to shift because um, there's this new concept that has come up recently. It's called entrepreneurship education. And that's defined as, you know, a collection of formalized teachings that informs, trains, or educates anyone was interested in being an entrepreneur. And what's interesting about those who created this concept, they said this has to be started um, from a very young age. You know, these skills need to be embedded in a human being at a young age because it becomes easier to learn and think that way if it's embedded in you when you're young and it becomes harder to embed it when you're older. So that's why, you know, in high school, it's very important. And even maybe from primary school, it's important to, you know, start embedding these trainings. And of course, there are subjects like economics, like math, like English that are always going to be critical. Um, but I would always advise to, you know, go beyond that and look at other other places where you can learn about entrepreneurship because they go other courses and, and, and on, especially online universities, you know, they go into a lot of detail offering anyone, you know, the ability to learn new skills in business like marketing, like critical thinking, like computer literacy, like business writing. Those are some of the important courses that you can get. And those who are wondering, I mean, you can get these courses online right now. Like um, there's um, some uh, an, institu- an online institution called Udemy. There's Coursera. There's Skillshare. There's Stanford University online courses, MIT online courses, Harvard online courses. And all of these offer entrepreneurship training beyond the confines and the bounds of a, of a classroom. And I would really encourage people to go that direction. Um, but of course, if you want to make it a bit more formal, especially in tertiary, you can study, 
you know, you can go to a business school, you can study entrepreneurship courses, and those courses will teach you things like business, finance, marketing, economics, computer science, uh, communication, psychology, project management. Those are the, the courses that you usually you get in these universities or these tertiary institutions that offer these business courses. So at any level, you can get the education that you need. And if you don't have money, you can check out these uh, free online courses because they're really practical and really simple to use as well. Let's speak about that a little bit deeper, you know, because I think a lot of times people, they think education, especially in our context, in our country, then you are tempted to say, I won't have the money. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm poor, I'm from a family that can't afford and so forth. So if I get educated, I'm going to struggle. So how can one, what are the, some of the options that are out there that one can explore and take advantage of if they're not financially stable? Yeah, it's, it's like the courses that I just mentioned or the, the online institutions that I just mentioned, all of them are free. And and what's awesome is that, I mean, this is Harvard level, MIT level, Stanford University level courses that you're getting for free. And you only, you know, pay if you actually want a certific- an actual certification, that's when you pay. But you can actually go online and do these courses and educate yourself consistently. And, you know, so, I mean, that's why I gave this list, because for me, this is a list of, of the ones that I know are, are very good. Uh, but even apart from that, I mean, we've spoken about this so many times before, and but it's so true and has to be emphasized that you can learn almost anything right now on YouTube. Mm. You know, I know someone who's got a high paying job and he learns his skills on YouTube. And, you know, when you want business courses from around the world, and even nowadays there's content on South African business training and development. So you can go into that as well. And the last alternative, you can join a business incubator because mm. that's what they're there for. And most business incubators are actually free. So instead of saying, you know, I uh, know I'm not going to learn because I don't have man- money to go to a business school, which business schools are expensive. But right now there's a lot of alternatives out there. Really, nobody has an excuse. Mm. And you know what I think as well is very important is like it's not just about going to a business school or you know, because also I, I was speaking to somebody this weekend and we're speaking up just about the privilege that one might have in terms of having smartphone and access to YouTube and so forth. We as a generation today, especially in the township areas and stuff, don't see that as an, an advantage, but it is really an advantage because a kid in the rural and some even in the township don't have that access because of data, because of, you know, access to Wi-Fi and all of that. But I do think that one of the things that we could uh, put into play when it comes to education is also finding the local businesses that are doing what you want. If you want to get into the um, franchising of, um, you know, KFCs or whatever, then you get there, you find the owner, you start to shadow that owner. You offer to do certain things for that owner, not as an employee of the shop, because then it limits your time to for freedom and learning, but as a person that comes in for whatever he needs. Could be washing their car whilst they are there to do their books, and in that moment, you are in the office, you are part of the conversation, you hear certain things, and that gives you access to that world. I think the spirit of volunteering has died in our community because everyone wants to get the internship or whatever, but I think that's still a, a viable way of getting the knowledge and learning. You know, you can 
um, go to the dry cleaners and work for them. You collect, you write the books and stuff like that. That, doing that bookkeeping for them gives you that knowledge that you would have otherwise had. Yes, it doesn't give you the certificate that you can put on your CV, but it gives you the experience, the knowledge, and the access to uh, the network, which when you leave, you're already known by mm. somebody. And I think these are things that we need to explore. Mm. I love that. I love that so much. That is so true and so underrated. You know, I was watching a video by Steve Jobs and he was speaking about how when he was about 12, 13 years old, he literally found the number of, I think it was um, Dell, I'm not sure which computer, but a big computer company. He literally looked for the number of the CEO, called them up and said, I'm a 12-year-old boy who wants to learn about computers and things along those lines. Can I please come and, you know, do a, a summer job or as they would call it, that or a job where, you know, during the holidays. And, you know, the, they agreed, you know, and he spent his holidays working there. And what was powerful is that is, is the mentality that he gained from there. Mm. He may not have learned the actual physical skills. So sometimes the most important thing, I mean, the most important thing about an entrepreneur is the critical thinking. Yes. Your ability to think differently than everybody else, identify problems and come up with solutions so being around those sorts of people really does help develop that sort of mindset in you i love that i love that we're gonna take a song 067-153-1089 if you are tuning in you are an entrepreneur small business or maybe you are just saying mm, guys i'm hearing what you're saying but these are my views we want to hear your voice on 067-153-1089 here are the walls group saying perfect people the time is 26 minutes past the hour at one o'clock when we come back from the song dozo and i will be wrapping up the conversation but we want to look at what we touched on before which is the opportunities that are around us that we have not taken advantage of, what can we do to see those opportunities, seize them, and make the most out of them? That is Perfect People by The Walls Group. Bring us to half past one. We're still in conversation. It is Manati Monday, which means we're getting in conversation with Ntogozo on Manati Biz. And we've been speaking about the role that education plays in who we become and how we process and think. Because uh, one of the critical skills, as Ntogozo said, for an entrepreneur is having critical thinking, ability to think, ability to transport those ideas, but also management. Um, so I want to get into the exposure that we have around us and how we could utilize that for inspiration, but also utilize that to really identify our clients, our clientele, and really how can we take advantage of our surroundings. Ndawazo. Yes, yes, sir. Let's get into this particular yes, conversation. Sir. Yeah. 
Oh, all right. Sorry about that. Um, been uh, my voice is a bit gone. I had a big weekend. Uh, there was a wedding, so please forgive me for that. No problem. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, you know, as you were saying that we need to get into the culture uh, of learning to identify the opportunities around us in order to come up with solutions. And that's really the crux of what critical thinking is, right? Um, the ability to not to, to identify a problem as well as to create solutions. Um, and then after, from those solutions, you pick the best one um, and you apply that, you know, and that's what's going to always separate us. But one thing that we need to be honest about, you know, uh, especially uh, township residents, is that we're, we're on the back foot when it comes to that. Mm. Um, it is harder to start a business as a township resident. It is harder to get a manufacturing deal. It is harder to get funding. We need to be honest about that, you know, because being honest about that, you know, is the first step to doing something about it mm. as opposed to just complaining. And for me, you know, the solution to that will always boil back to the concept of business networking. We can do more together than we can do alone. Mm. That is why when you look at a, a lot of what's being promoted and pushed forward right now is the idea of cooperatives. Cooperatives is a minimum of five companies that are coming together to execute certain, uh, you know, certain activities. And this is so important because if we come together as a group, we've got the ability to maybe identify all of the the soccer balls that get sold, you know, identify where we can actually get the, 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 the raw materials for the uniforms. Maybe one can do the sewing, one can do this, one can do that. We really have to come together. And it's not just us, you know, uh, we've spoken about the fact that there's something called innovation ecosystems. And that's how businesses, even large corporations are working right now. Instead of one person starting a business, these group of businesses come together and they form the whole value chain from beginning to end, from the creation of the product right up until the sale. And once that value chain is created, they start then creating products based on that value chain. And I think I love that concept because it will give us the ability to do more than we can do on our own. Mm, I really love that as well. And I think, I mean, that's it, it, it goes back to, for me, it's a small things like if there somebody starts a company or a factory in your in your community, already there's an opportunity for a cleaning job company to come in and partner with mm. them. We will clean for you, and then you can we can buy our groceries from you. So we'll clean for you, and that's our service to you. And your service to us is that we buy our coffee from you, we buy our tea bags from you, we buy our sugar from you. Now it's benefiting both business that relationship, and I think that would change the if we were to do that and create stuff uh, prices as well. That would allow those people to say, "Hey, Gumalumwake, no, you mean something? And I'm chips this weekend because me na a stuff price." Now that is allowing for more people to know. Which oh, I'm a chips and you know they might not buy it all the time. Mm-hmm. The stuff price, but that now allows them to know which oh, must find my chips and I think that's how we need to channel our minds. But maybe speaking about channeling our minds. Where do you think we got it wrong? Because we grew up in townships and in communities, especially the kids that grew up in the early 90s and in the 80s, where we always, townships survived based on community. You didn't have to have anything much to survive. The, the mother next door would bring the bread, the other one would bring the butter, the other one would bring the tea bags, and the whole community would kind of be fed. Why do you think, what do you mm. think took that away from us because the very things that now um, these big corporations are teaching us, those were values that we lived by and we survived by in the hood back in the days. Exactly. And that's a, a powerful point there because 
you know, you, you might find that they even learn the concept from us. Mm. And that's one thing that we, we seem to lack, the ability to take our big, our brilliant ideas and make them, you know, scale up and expand beyond the limitations of our locations. Because as you're saying, you know, there were community shops in the township, maybe a row of five shops, and you know everybody used to buy from there, and that's what how they survived. But I think what happened then is on an institution level or a system level, um, it, the, the larger corporations or the more prominent groups in the country realized that there's so much money in the township economy. In fact, you know, the township economy spends more money than any other segment of, of, of our country. And they wanted a piece of that, you know. So the introduction of malls, the introduction of certain things, slowly but surely started taking away from the power of what, you know, our, our fathers and grandfathers and grandmothers and, you know, and mothers had created in these stores. And the, the problem there is, you know, it goes back to education. If we don't learn, if we don't adapt, if we don't grow, if we don't gain the skills that we need, the innovation skills that we need, then it's going to happen over and over because these people came, they took our ideas, but they applied greater knowledge and greater innovation abilities to them. And that's why they were able to face them out. So just because something is working for you does not mean you shouldn't learn. You have to keep on upskilling yourself because otherwise somebody else will take over. You look at your likes of Blockbuster. It was one of the biggest companies in the world. Netflix came and took over. You look at your likes of Kodak. They were the biggest photography company in the world, but because they didn't innovate, they were taken over. So just because something is working does not mean you must not, you must stop there. We must constantly keep on growing and, and improving. And I feel like that's what happened to us. And this topic of education is certainly probably the best thing we can do for ourselves. What can we say to parents now who are listening to us and they've got little kids who they, who are interested in entrepreneurship? How do you start that conversation and what can you do in the basic things? I always say that the black dog girl is treated or taught from a very early age, informally so, how to be a household, uh, to how to hold, maintain a household. You know, she'll start by helping cleaning. The next thing she'll be doing laundry. The next thing she'll be helping cut veggies and then she's cooking. So there's almost a intentional but not formal and also a strict way that makes it feel like pressure to learn but the skills are, are, are then transported or transferred from one generation to the next. But that same skill set, we're not able to transfer when it comes to uh, careers and so forth. So how can we, what can the parents do? Where should a parent start when they're thinking about being intentional about giving their kids this path of an, being an entrepreneur? Wow, I really love that example that you just used there. That from a very young age, you know, children are sort of indoctrinated to think in a certain way and to aspire to certain things. And you're right, if we do the same thing with these entrepreneurship skills, then we'll breed a whole generation of entrepreneurs, which is one thing South Africa needs to do. But I mean, to answer that question, I would break down the essential skills, you know, of entrepreneurship, you know, maybe selecting a few, you know, I'd take uh, financial skills, I'd take networking or relationship skills, I'd take communication skills. And maybe maybe also just take um, you know organizational skills. These skills that I just spoke about, you know, there's certain tasks that a mother can give or a father can give to a child um, to start training them in a certain way. So instead of you know just giving them money um, to eat and consume, 
maybe a portion of their money can be used and, and at the end of the month or at the end of the week they need to you know have doubled it um you know when it comes to networking and relationship skills you know you already start encouraging them to be in the right sort of circles and and you know relate to the right sort of people you know so they are i would really say okay let's take these skills and break them down into their bare components and you start giving your children activities from a young age they might not like it but i mean they're children right they're still growing and developing and at the end you know you will reap the rewards because you will have embedded a certain way of thinking that is beyond the limitations of what we've had over the past few decades Mm, I really like that. I think we can be a little bit more intentional about how we're teaching our kids. Even the small things, they don't even have to do much. Just the fact that this is how much I'm giving you, this is how much, how, let's do a book of how you spend your money over the month and stuff like that. And mm. make that just as part of the language. I feel like a lot of us as black parents, uncles and so forth, we... We the reason why our kids don't learn is that because we want to make it a school all the time. Now, whereas our counterparts over the weekend they're going uh, fishing, and whilst we're fishing as a family, now I'm teaching you how to fish, you know, and so forth. So it's always in what we are already doing. I'm just passing it down. We're going to water the garden. And as we are busy watering the garden and feeding the pigeons and whatever and planting new plants because the seasons are changing, you are busy being part of an activity, but I'm transferring knowledge and skills, which can then be used in the future as com- for commercial reasons. Because you can come in and say, I know how to plant this and that, and I can grow this and I can sell these veggies. I can do this, I can do that, I can fish. And so I know how fish work. I know when to go fishing. I know where to get their good fish. And then I can come back with that fish and start selling it. So we are they are busy transport uh, transferring skills through informal everyday activity which we have not yet been able to master because we always want to make it a chore wow that is incredible i absolutely love that that's how we're going to wrap it up. Uh, I think that uh, it's an important question that we, a conversation we just had, and I think we're going to need to continue it in terms of, um, you know, educating our young ones to get educated and also skills. I feel that if you're unemployed, you are in the hood, there's a seamstress in the hood, there's no reason why you can't go and learn how to, um, you know, sew because you can just say, hey, I'm going to be Ooh. here, You, I'm going to help you put on the buttons, I'm going to help you uh, put on the zip and whatever was you cut and whatever. And as you offer your services tomorrow, they say, no, I want you to do it like this, do it like that. And as you're busy spending time there, you're gaining a skill. After six months that you have not been employed, you would have had a skill that you would have otherwise never had. And I think if we can adopt that kind of a mentality, we can do better in our townships. Thank you so much, though, for today. My absolute pleasure. It's always and on, I always learn so much. Thanks, thanks, sir. It's a pleasure. Anything you, any business you want to plug today? Uh, yes, I've got two quick ones. Uh, the first one is Unleash Perfume and Cosmetics. Uh, they're launching soon. Uh, they're a unique perfume line. Mm-hmm. Project. They take people and they take them on the Genesis, the Genesis route in Mpumalanga. So every, I think every month they take uh, a group of people. So yeah, those are the two businesses that we're plugging in today. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. Oh, thank you, sir. And as always, I want to say all the best to everyone who's listening and thanks for joining in. 
Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. It is the business forecast. You can check it out on YouTube. Dorozo's from the business forecast. This is a Minati business where we unpack the conversation that happens in the business forecast or we bring in conversations that are pertinent that you are asking us to have on air and we bring them to you so that you can go and do You're listening to Hope Alive, your number one online Christian radio station.